And we were so happy that during the second blackout of the communication and internet access in Gaza, the ESIMs were working. What's happening in Gaza is really a horrible genocide and an ethnic cleansing is pushing us forward every day and is not letting us listen or surrender to the obstacles because we are focusing on providing these people the, their minimum rights of proper internet access and communication access. Welcome to This is Palestine. I'm Deanna Butu. On October the 27th, Israel cut off all phone and internet communications to the Gaza Strip, further plunging the Gaza Strip into darkness. The cutting of internet and phone communications meant that vital life-saving systems, such as ambulances, rescuers, and hospitals, could not be reached to treat the injured or to rescue those trapped under the rubble. Cutting off internet also meant that Israel's crimes would be carried out in the dark. But in the midst of this, the volunteer initiative called Connecting Gaza was formed, led by Mirna Al-Helbawi. Mirna is an author and activist who decided to set up a system for donors around the world to purchase eSIMs, or virtual SIM cards, to help Palestinians skirt telecommunications blackouts amid Israeli bombing across the Gaza Strip. Palestinians in the Gaza Strip use the only carrier that is available there, which is called Jawel for cell phones and Paltel for landlines. And like everything in the Gaza Strip, Israel has the ability to control whether Jawel and Paltel can operate. But by using eSIMs, Palestinians can effectively roam on other carriers, whether Egyptian, Israeli, or otherwise, and remain connected. Connecting Gaza first began by connecting medical personnel and journalists, but was later expanded to connect anyone in Gaza. Donors purchase an eSIM from one of the providers listed by Connecting Gaza, and the eSIM is then donated to someone in Palestine. In today's episode, we speak with Mirna and learn more about this initiative. Thank you so much for joining us today on This is Palestine. You started this incredible initiative to connect Gaza to the rest of the world, particularly at a time when we saw that the Israelis had done everything from cutting off fuel, cutting off electricity, uh, cutting off water supply. We then later heard about these attempts to cut off the internet, the landline services, and all of these very essential services that are needed in Gaza. Now, you, of course, then stepped in and began an initiative to try to provide eSIMs to Palestinians in Gaza. Can you elaborate a little bit on the concept behind the initiative and what its purpose was? So uh, Connecting Gaza was born on the first day of the first blackout of communication and internet access in Gaza on October 28th. I felt so angry and frustrated after the failed attempts of providing internet to, uh, to Gaza through uh, Allen's Musk company, Starlink. And I was really worried about what's happening in Gaza during the blackout. And fortunately, I found one follower. She's Egyptian-Lebanese who was living abroad. And she told me, what about ESIMs? Can you, do you think it can work in Gaza? I was like, 
Let's try. Can you send me two isms right now so I can try them out with someone in Gaza? And she sent the two isms, and I kept scrolling X to find anyone from Gaza who has like weak or slight internet connection so we can like try to activate the isms. Luckily, I found two journalists, Hind Khudari and Ahmed Madhoun, and I sent them the isms, and it got successfully installed. and they were connected. This is when the Connecting Gaza initiative started. And I posted a post on my personal social media account on Instagram asking my foreign followers from Europe and USA and Canada and across the world if they are willing to help because I had so many followers and they were all supporting Palestine and sending me messages every day. We feel so helpless. We go to protests, but we feel it's not enough. We need to support Palestine. We don't know how. When Connecting Gaza was born, it was the time to call out for them to, to help me out in connecting Gaza and to, and to provide internet access to Palestinians. It was amazing because I have received thousands of QR codes of ISIMs during the first day on October 28th and we have connected and we have put the priority first for the first two days for the journalists and medical staff in Gaza. And then after 24 to 48 hours, we were like, no, Everyone deserves to be connected. Everyone deserves to have proper communication and internet access. Everyone deserves not to be isolated and not to live in fear of the unknown. Uh, people deserve to be connected with the outside world, with their loved ones, and even with the hospitals and ambulances. But we kept the bigger like internet bundles for the journalists and doctors. And we were so happy that during the second blackout of the communication and internet access in Gaza, the ESIMs were working. And the journalists kept sending us messages and individuals from Gaza telling us that they are can they can use the internet now through their ESIMs because they were saving the internet bundle until the next blackout. Many journalists were able to provide the horrible material of what's happening on ground in Gaza to their media platforms. Can you describe for people who don't know what exactly is an eSIM and how do you connect somebody in Gaza to an eSIM? A SIM card, which has internet package, an extension of your internet package, but it's not physical. It gets activated through a QR code. So um, once you scan this QR code, you're like connected to the internet package of someone else. That's why when, you, when someone donates an, an eSIM, He's like donating an extension of his internet package to someone in Gaza. That's incredible. That's really, truly incredible. I can, can speak to my own uh, personal experience of having many, many friends who live in Gaza who, with the first block, blackout, were completely cut off. And actually, even before that, had been cut off because there was no place to refill your Jawal card, which is the, the local provider. There was no way to get access. And many, many, many people have actually benefited from it. Do you have any idea of how many eSIMs you've provided at this point in time? So we have uh, activated more than 50,000 eSIMs for people in Gaza. But the better side of this is that one eSIM can, can be used as a hotspot for many people. Like two days ago, I was activating an eSIM for, for a guy in Gaza. And he told me that the ISM I provided is used as a hotspot for four houses. 
in connecting as a team we made like we have analyzed the average number uh, of connected phones to one sim can be and the average number is five so we're talking about like from two people to two fifty hundred thousand people in gaza are now connected through the isms that's that's really incredible you know i wanted to ask you have you faced any limitations have there been attempts to try to block uh, the use of eSIMs? Yes, we have faced so many limitations and we usually don't announce on what's happening behind the scenes of Connecting Gaza. So we can focus on um, the donations of eSIMs, on connecting people. But we had so many obstacles since we started uh, connecting people through eSIMs. It was and still hard but we, our belief in the Palestinian rights and our belief in what's happening in Gaza is really a horrible genocide and an ethnic cleansing is pushing us forward every day and is not letting us listen or surrender to the obstacles because we are focusing on providing these people the, their minimum rights of proper internet access and communication access. In addition to the to the restrictions and the attempts to shut you down and so on, have there been any limitations to the eSIMs themselves? Of course, there are a huge limitation when it comes to the types of phones that uh, are compatible with the eSIMs. But we are trying to overcome this by, as I told you, using the eSIM as a hotspot for the other phones that, that do not support the eSIM. Also, the bad internet connection uh, can ruin the whole process of activation of an eSIM. So the eSIM gets invalid and cannot be used anymore because you can use it just once. So we have faced many invalid trials and activations. We have tried to minimize the errors of activating the eSIM as much as we can, but there are things that out out of our hands. Also, some ASIMs need settings adjustment from our side. So we need to assist uh, people in Gaza step by step in 80% of the cases so they can activate their ASIMs, which might take hours and others can be lucky and might take minutes. In addition to being a, a fantastic author and uh, and doing this incredible initiative, You've, you've also been at the Rafah border accompanying the initial aid convoys. Can you describe what that was like being at the border? Did you witness any of the Israeli bombing? And um, can you just describe what that was like for you? When I was volunteering with Egyptian Food Bank at the Rafah borders, it was at the time when the um, Rafah crossing was... Uh, being bombed constantly by uh, the Israelis and when I was there I witnessed one of the, the biggest bombings on Rafah crossing. The bombing was big. I felt it in my stomach and my heart while I'm on the Egyptian side. So imagine what's happening on the Palestinian side. It was horrible that after it ended, I kept on crying because, not because how I felt, because how the other people, the Palestinians, are living just across the borders, not far away, and they are witnessing this every day. 
and during night, during morning, and even I, I, I could see clearly the airstrikes on Gaza during the mor- the morning, uh, because I can see with like, with my own eyes the other side of uh, Rafah, the Palestinian Rafah. So I could see the bombings on Gaza while being at Rafah crossing. That's why when I've witnessed the the first patch ever of the the humanitarian aid trucks getting into Gaza, I was it was one of the happiest moments for me. I know it's like the basic, uh, the the minimum of basic rights, but it was tough. It was it it, it took a lot of effort um, to push and keep pushing so we can open the Rafah crossing and we can push the Israelis to stop bombing the Rafah crossing so the aid can enter safely to people in Gaza who were starving and still starving, who were needing in, in a need a bad need of medications, of medical supplies. For me, it was a life-changing experience because seeing this genocide happening a few meters away from me, it was it was definitely a life changing. Maybe it inspired me to find more solutions, practical solutions to help Palestinians, like connecting us. Every time I think of it, I think of my own time when I was at in Gaza and at Rafah and seeing it's like just you know stretching out your arm and you're there. Yes, yes. So I want to ask you one, uh, I guess one final question, which is, how can people help? How can people help and? How can they support this initiative? What more can be done? We have decided in Connecting Gaza that we, that we will keep connecting people until this genocide ends and until Palestinians get a proper infrastructure after the heavy bombings on, on Gaza. We are still receiving donations, QR code donations. We don't receive any money donations. We keep receiving the QR codes donations on our official email, gazaesims at gmail.com. I think everyone can help us by pushing to demand ceasefire. This is the most important demand of all because when we demand a ceasefire, um we will save the rest of Palestinians from the horrific situation they are living in every day. And we will also save the efforts of connecting Gaza team to like help more Palestinians in reconstructing Gaza and rebuilding their life back. I wanna I wanna thank you for so many things for being for being who you are, for this incredible initiative, for your lovely heart, for this work that you've been doing to make sure that Gaza doesn't face a permanent blackout. I think if it hadn't been for these eSIMs, we're already seeing gross atrocities, war crimes being committed. The one thing that the world can't say is that it's being done in the dark. And that's thanks to the efforts of you and so many people, so many volunteers who come together with you to make sure that that Gaza remains connected and that we're able to share what Israel's doing to to the rest with the rest of the world. Thank you for listening to This is Palestine, a podcast brought to you by the Institute for Middle East Understanding. The IMEU is a nonprofit focused on giving you access to untold stories, facts, and expert sources on all things Palestine. For more information, please visit our website at www.imeu.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IMEU. 
Please don't forget to subscribe. I'm Deanna Butu. Thanks for listening.